Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Hello, and how are you? Uh, my name is Wayne Hicks. I am the Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and I am your guest host tonight, uh, November the 8th, 2011. I'm filling in for Fran McNeil, our regular host, who will not be able to be with us um, tonight, and hoping that I can get through the next hour of a very, very exciting BDPA iRadio show. It's our communication platform where we try to speak to all of our BDPA stakeholders, and we're very excited about the lineup for the show tonight, and, and we hope that uh, you will enjoy it as well. Um, we're going to break away for a brief commercial and come back with our very first guest, so stay tuned. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. All righty. We are going to have a great show tonight. We have three guests that will be with us tonight. One of them coming out of the greater Cincinnati area, who will be coming on next is April Gillespie, and I'm very excited to be introducing her. Following April, we'll be talking with the new Midwest Regional Vice President, Barbara Allen, coming from the Cleveland, Ohio area. And then our, and then our last guest for the evening will be the chapter president from a growing and dynamic chapter in Missouri, the BDPA St. Louis chapter, and their chapter president, Tony Love. But we will begin with Ms. April Gillespie. April, are you on the line with us? Yes, I'm here. Thanks so much, Wayne. Very excited to um, have you as a guest, and I will let our audience know a little bit about you. Um, April is a BDPA member. She's a member of the BDK Cincinnati chapter. That is how uh, we met her. And But uh, she is also a very, very active um, entrepreneur and business owner and, and a very active uh, business development director for NAS, NAS Recruitment Communications. Uh, that is a leading provider of innovative human resource communication solutions. Uh, she is an outstanding communications person. She is uh, known nationwide as a speaker on a variety of topics. She is outstanding in terms of um, providing innovative ways for companies to deal with their recruitment of uh, technology and other business professionals. And we have uh, asked her to talk with us about a number of things. I guess I'll get started, uh, April, with our very first question, which is simply to ask you, what attracted you to BDPA and, and what keeps you actively involved? Well, when I first learned of BDPA, I actually was invited to uh, one of the monthly program meetings by a friend of mine who actually was a uh, or is a congressman um, for the state of Ohio. And I was really intrigued by the content as well as the level of professionalism um, by the members as well as the board members that were there. And in my business, everything that I do uh, for my clients as well as for my own businesses is very technology-focused. Everything that we do today is, is based in a digital world. Um, so I saw this as a great opportunity to not only increase my own personal knowledge to advance my own businesses but also those for my clients because um, there's really only so much information that I can gather from my internal resources. Um, so I really just saw it as a great opportunity to network with other people that have more advanced knowledge than myself. Well, that is, that is outstanding. And, and you joined um, earlier this calendar year, is that is that right? Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. And so that that's how you got involved and learned about the organization. Um, and, you know, I am aware because we're a member of the same chapter here in Cincinnati um, that you also – uh, became a, a director, part of the board of directors. Can you tell us what uh, led you to to accept that uh, leadership challenge? Sure, absolutely. I'm you know, my my day work is focused very much around recruitment, uh, communications, and through my connections in the human resources industry, um, for a variety of different things that I do, I thought it made a lot of sense 
Um, so I'm really excited about some of the things that we have planned for, for 2012. Um, thankfully, Cincinnati is already one of the top 10 chapters for BDPA throughout the country, um, but we're certainly looking to expand that membership base and really create more substantive connections across a variety of other IT-related uh, groups throughout the greater Cincinnati and northern Kentucky area. Um, so with my level of expertise and just connections in HR, I thought it was a perfect fit. That is outstanding. Um, you have written for one of the uh, for a number of, of publications in the past, and one of the um, articles that you wrote uh, was very very interesting for a number of our uh, BDPA members across the country. You wrote a a, a um, article about high tech versus high touch. Uh, we had that on our, our one of our BDPA blogs, and it was in a number of um, other areas. Just very interested if you can share. I guess that's the challenge in 2011 that that people are facing. Um, you know, we we've always talked about networking and relationships from a person-to-person -person point of view, and how you network and 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 connect with people face-to-face, -face, good eye contact and and firm handshake and the like. And then as we moved into the um, you know the era of social networking and the area the the era of online uh, connections, um, people are starting to maybe move too far down that. That road, where they're 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 too much high tech, and they they text the person you know that's sitting in the backseat of the car instead of talking to the person in the backseat of the car. Um, you, you you talked about that a, a little bit in your article, high tech versus high touch. Can you tell our audience some of your thoughts on that subject? Absolutely. This is an area where I'm very 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 passionate about, um, and as I'm you know, out networking with different people, the first thing we want to do is, is be able to connect with them in the virtual world. You know, we all have such limited time, uh, so we want to be able to make those online connections to stay in touch with the different people that we meet, both personally as well as professionally. But if you take a look at, at how many Twitter followers you have or how many um, friends you have on Facebook, some of us have two to 5,000 friends on Facebook. So how do we really create substantive connections with these types of people. Um, and, and what I always tell individuals is if you're going to request a connection with someone, and let's just use LinkedIn, for example, the first thing you need to do is make it personal. So opposed to just leaving that very generic statement, um, yes, I'd like to you know, add you to my professional network on LinkedIn, why don't you tell the person why you want to connect with them? If I'm connecting with a fellow uh, HR professional or recruitment professional or even IT professional, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I see that you're, um, you know, very active in the, in the IT community in greater Cincinnati. Would love to connect with you over coffee uh, at your earliest opportunity. Please let me know how I can be of service to you. And I'm going to include that type of information in my initial connection so they understand, okay, I'm not just trying to increase my quantity of connections in my network, but I actually want to connect with people where either I can add value to them or they can add value to me. Um, and, and, you know, another thing is just really focusing on, um, you know, requesting that real-life connection. So, you know, every single day we're getting, um, you know, connections through LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And if there's someone that wants to connect with me, I'll certainly accept their connection, especially if I feel that there's going to be a positive value exchange there. But the very first thing I'm going to do as soon as I accept that connection, if they're local to me or even if they're long distance, I'm going to request a, a conference call or I'm going to request to meet them for coffee or lunch. I think we have to take the connection one step further. Um, and I often do this if I'm traveling, even in, in another city on business. I'll connect with people in that city and say, hey, I'm coming into town. I see that you're also uh, in the human resources industry. Uh, would you be open to getting together uh, over coffee while I'm in town just for a couple of days? And you'd be surprised at the number of people that would be willing to connect with you while you're traveling on business. So those are just a few of the things that we consult a lot of our clients on is take the engagement to the next level and don't just keep it in the online space, but definitely take it offline so that you will get an opportunity to look that person in the eye as well as to shake their hand in person. Those those real life connections, the connections that are that are made with human beings as opposed to with um, you know your computer screen or your smartphone application. Um, I suppose those sometimes people wonder what if I'm not sure of 
that you know what I can offer to that is that is that are you looking when you go into those those lunch meetings or those coffee meetings are you are you looking to get a business advantage or a business you know is it a revenue source for you or is it something that you know that you've put into your mind that I'm doing this for a different reason it depends on the interaction if there's if it's someone that I feel that there really could be a, a potential business opportunity with Absolutely, um, you know, and but it never can be one-sided. I think that's what's really important. If if I can't determine how I can add value to them or how they could potentially add add value to me, it it, it may or may not make sense for for us to get together. But I wouldn't just stay focused on just on that initial connection with that person because, as we know, networking is not about who you know, but it's also about who knows you, and that's something that I think we tend to lose sight of as well. So we have to remember the word connection has the word connect in it. And so how how we all are connected is just as important as how we're connecting with that individual person. I might have people in my network that could add value or benefit that person that just connected with me on Facebook or on Twitter or on LinkedIn. So I think we have to make sure that it's not just about, hey, I'm out here trying to get business. But the value of your net worth is very much focused on your network. And so it's really about creating more substantive connections and adding value to someone's life. And if a business transaction takes place, great. But more times than not, we're just looking to make a friend first. That makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering, there's, there might be people that are listening to what you said in terms of, of um, you know, not – forgetting the high-touch part of relationships and not making it strictly a high-tech with friends on LinkedIn or friends on Twitter or friends or followers on Twitter or friends on, on Facebook. So if someone's listening to you and they're hearing that and they're saying, you know what, I'm going to begin tomorrow, I'm going to have this, this um, new, new thought process, this new way of, of, of handling um, those people that I'm connecting with online through those social networks, do, do they just start with the new people or do you have a, a, a thought as to what do they do with their current French. If they defriend them and start all over, how, how, how do you suggest they, they think about the people that they've already friended in a high-tech way but not reached out to in a high-touch way? There's still an opportunity for you to add value to those individuals, whether you create a, uh, a real-life interaction or not. And it all comes down to how you are going to add value. Um, and I'll just give you a great example. I'm obsessed with Mexico. It's my favorite uh, all-time vacation destination. So I came across a really great uh, Groupon today, a Groupon getaway, and I posted it on my Facebook page because I know that I see people consistently talking about different ways um, that they're trying to save money on travel because with the cost of flights and gas, it can be very expensive to do any type of international travel right now. One of the people that I had actually um, responded uh, to, uh, back to me via Facebook through an inbox and said, and I, I don't really have a close connection with this person. I'm connected with them probably three degrees of separation. But they said, oh, my gosh, I was just talking to my wife today about planning a vacation and we were talking about Cabo, and that's what I had posted was something about Cabo. And I said, hey, if you ever need, you know, any assistance on planning a trip to Cabo, I've been there several times, um, you know, feel free to give me a call. I'll be more than happy to help you out. He said, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to talk to my wife tonight, and, um, you know, let's, you know, I, I might give you a call. Great. So that's someone that I've never met in person, but because I added something of value to my network, which was just, hey, I found this out. I think other people might want to know about it too. That's an opportunity for me to connect with someone that's probably been in my network for, for quite some time. Um, but even furthermore, if you just take a look at who, you know, your, your connections are, you know, you can begin to kind of categorize them and put them into groups. And the great thing about Facebook is they do allow you to do that now with some of their uh, advanced technology. And LinkedIn allows you to do the exact same thing. So you can begin to kind of categorize these people to see, okay, maybe my, you know, my best connections right now are people that are either in a similar industry or maybe I'm out of work right now and these people seem to be job seekers as well. Maybe they know about other job, you know, job seeker forums or groups that are going on in the city. Let me reach out to those people first. So I think you just have to think about the priorities for your own life or for your own business and begin to create those more substantive connections based on what's most important to you. That is outstanding. 
the, the work as a business development director with the uh, – is it NAS or is it NAS Recruitment Communications? NAS. The, the work that you do as a business development, can you tell us more about your, your responsibilities in that, in that uh, career choice? Absolutely. So my work that I do with NAS is really focused around building new client relationships throughout the Midwest, which includes primarily South, uh, well, Southern Ohio, uh, anything uh, below Columbus, all of Kentucky, all of Tennessee, as well as Southeast Indiana. And I work with uh, organizations across a variety of different categories, from healthcare uh, to automotive uh, to um, you know re- retail department store. And I really help them build out their recruitment communications plan. And so this is focused around building out their brand messaging to attract as well as retain A-level talent, as well as their entire marketing and communications plan on how they're going to engage that talent to to get them to want to come work for their company. Um, So it's it's actually very empowering because this is very critical, as we know right now, um, because so many people are looking for jobs. And I guess what I would tell all the job seekers out there right now is, you know, companies are really taking a close look at, you know, their value proposition and, and why you actually would want to come work for them. So just as you may be doing that as a job seeker, companies are definitely beginning to invest more in that right now as well because as we do come out of this recession, they want to make sure that, especially for those A-level candidates, as we all are, um, that they're making sure that their company is on the short list of those organizations that A-level candidates may be looking to work for. Um, so it's 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 very exciting times right now, although, you know, there are some tremendous um, challenges that companies are facing. There are definitely organizations out there like Toyota and, and Macy's and Children's Hospital, as, at least here locally within Cincinnati, that are really looking to make some tremendous strides in terms of their positioning in the marketplace to make sure that they are attracting the best talent into their company. That is that is um that is that sounds like a very although challenging also sounds like a very rewarding and and fun uh, job fun thing to do with as your uh, as your employment. Um, you you know an awful lot about marketing from the work that you've done. There are an awful lot of folks from BDPA chapters around the country that are volunteers and they're basically technical folks that are trying to work uh, with this volunteer organization to advance the careers of African Americans in the IT industry. Um, what suggestions would you have for any of those BDPA you know, leaders on, on marketing, on getting the word out about their um, about their organization? Absolutely, I I think the you know the word of of this age, in my opinion, is engagement, and that's what everybody wants right now. You know, we live. We always say, uh, you know, think locally, but think globally. So we have individuals that have very fast-paced lives that are involved in, in BDPA. So how do we begin to connect these individuals across multiple touch points? What we're doing right now through the iRadio show is a, a phenomenal opportunity to connect people all throughout, um, you know, the country or even the world um, if, if need be. But, you know, just a quick, you know, idea is to do something like, um, you know, a seven-day challenge. And, and this is something that everybody can relate to, whether you're highly involved in technology or not. But, you know, if you institute, say, a seven-day challenge to tech-proof your life. So, you know, think about all the different things that you're utilize, utilizing technology for uh, throughout your life and how can you uh, utilize technology better in order to make your, your life more efficient, more productive, whether it's, you know, personally or professionally. And, and, and give very specific things that people can do over a seven-day period and create kind of an online blog where people can report back on different things that, that they've done to utilize technology to improve their, their everyday life. Because I think when it comes to technology, we have to make it practical for everybody because everything that technology professional, professionals are doing ultimately is impacting every single consumer. Uh, as the end user. So that's what we always have to keep in mind is how can I make this practical for everyone, um, you know, regardless of what their profession is. Um, and so I, I think that would be the big thing is just engagement. The the second thing is really when it comes down to is um, how can I make this relevant to my community? So taking the concepts that technology professionals are learning every single day at their job, in in their coursework, you know, whatever they may be involved in, and then integrating that um, into their community 
I know in Cincinnati, you know, we're highly involved with different elementary schools and making sure that that communication is filtering all the way down into the youth community. I'm sure other chapters are getting highly involved in faith-based organizations. But I think it all comes down to relevancy and showing people how technology is improving their life. I've always felt that the definition of business is we're working to make someone's life better. And so that's obviously the case for technology, but that's really the case for every single business and initiative that, we, that we're all involved in, is we've got to focus on how are we going to make someone's life better. So relevancy and connecting to our community and creating high engagement experiences for the members. Wow. That is outstanding. How is BDCA improving your life? How is technology improving your life? That is, that is truly outstanding. I, I truly appreciate um, April uh, April Gillespie. I appreciate you for being our guest tonight on the iRadio show. Uh, any last uh, words that you would like to share with the audience? You know, I, I think just in closing, um, I would just recommend everyone um, through all of your virtual connections, uh, through all social media, or, or even when you're just out uh, networking at an event, um, you know, connect with that person right then in a substantive way. You know, um, you don't have to wait until you find them on LinkedIn to get together with them uh, in, in a second interaction. Go ahead and, you know, say, hey, you know what, we had a great conversation. Let's grab coffee next week. Um, and then, you know, send them a LinkedIn request, send them a Facebook request, or follow them on Twitter and say, I'm really excited to, you know, hear about some of the things that you have going on. Let's be sure that, that we stay in touch. But let's just make sure that we're closing the technology gap and we're making those connections meaningful in our everyday lives. That's wonderful. April, thank you very much again for being our guest, and I look forward to uh, working with you on a local level, and I'm sure that the people that have been listening to you are looking forward to making a high-touch connection uh, with you to, to, to um, follow up on some of the ideas that you've been sharing. Thanks an awful lot, April. Thank you. So I will move on to our next guest. And our next guest is uh, from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, her name is Barbara Allen, and I should check first. Barbara, are you online with us? Yes, I am. We are very excited me? to have you. Uh, yes, I can. You're, you are on, on international, uh, worldwide, uh, maybe even intergalactic with the asteroid action that's happening around, around the country tonight. You are, you're going all over the place, Barbara. And okay. we are very excited to have you on. You are the uh, first ever uh, Midwest Regional Vice President uh, because uh, this coming year, beginning on January the 1st, um, the BDPA organization has moved from a, a national local uh, setup, a national local organizational structure, to one that now has a regional local, a regional structure uh, uh, in there. And, and uh, the elections that were recently concluded. Uh, resulted in you representing, um, I guess, about a dozen of the Midwest states in America, and the chapters that are within those states has has the uh, Midwest Regional President. And so we are going to explore that a little bit. We're very excited to um, have you on board, a longtime BDPA member. You are once a leader with our BDPA Bay Area chapter on the West Coast, and, and you have maintained your activity and your support of BDPA um, had you have moved back to the Midwest region. And, and so I would start off just by simply saying um, welcome to the BDPA iRadio show. And, and uh, Robert, why don't you tell us what, what attracted you to BDPA in the first place and, and what has kept you so actively involved over, over the years? Thank you, Wayne. I had been in IT for over 10 years at the time I joined BDPA in California in the 90s, and I felt it was appropriate for me to belong to an association geared to pro providing interaction for information technology professionals. I keep actively involved because of program sessions like those locally that support the students, and I also learn from program sessions that we have here in Cleveland, like, for example, one given on cloud computing and one given on uh, using a business plan that was entrepreneur entrepreneurially oriented. I attended the national conference, and I was, again, glad to see the competitiveness and the personal and professional growth from the students and professionals alike and to see everybody coming together from all over the country in one effort to uh, dramatize what IT can do for you as a person and a professional. 
That is outstanding. And so when you attended the national conference and before that, when you made that decision that you were going to place your, your or accept your name being placed into nomination for the uh, Midwest Regional Vice President role, um, what what um, what what caused you to make that decision that that I want to run for a for a brand new office uh, regional leadership position? Well, uh, the position was open for Midwest, and no one else had stepped up to the plate. So I sort of put my name in the hat to see if that would enc- encourage others to do the same. And, uh, and your name I, popped to the top during the election, and you you uh, you you won that. You won that role. What What are your ideas now that you're in that role? And I, I, I guess I'm, I'm aware that you had the opportunity to sit down with the um, national president, the national vice president, um, your other regional peers, um, in at a at a meeting in Las Vegas uh, over the past weekend. What What are the ideas that you and the other regional um, officers have have put in place, or that you're planning on on doing as you move forward into the new calendar year? I, I hope to be able to fun, be function with the help of the regional director as well, uh, with, which is also a new position in the area of keeping communications open between the chapter presidents in my region and uh, the national board of directors. I, what I want to do is respond to the chapter needs and bring their concerns to the NBOD, and I want to help convey the strategy of the national BDPA to the strategy and goals to the chapters in my region and uh, one of the things I'd like to do is promote networking between the chapters and uh, helping the, letting the stronger chapters closely network with the other network with the other chapters in their region, so that, for example, a stronger chapter such as yours might be able to assist a, a chapter that is not as strong in membership or other areas. And I feel that communication and networking will be key in these areas. That is outstanding. That that for any um, nonprofit organization, especially for one that's national and and is spread has has wide has BDK, keeping communication open has is always a challenge. Um, have you thought to to how how you will do that, or or how how would you like to have the folks that are listening on the call from the Midwest region? How would you like to have them get in touch with you? Is that have you is that available yet, or is that something you're waiting until January to unveil? Well, we may have a regional conference, and what what I had talked about with the chapters that were at the uh, fourth quarter conference uh, just this past weekend, uh, well, well, we talked about uh, having a monthly coordinated meetings by phone to make everybody aware of the strategies and uh, make sure that concerns are being heard as well as applauding and recognizing chapters they do well. So those are some of the ideas I have, uh, especially the uh, coordinated meetings starting in January. And so that will be coming out shortly if so, as soon as that's uh, solidified. That's excellent. That's excellent. And so as you look forward um, uh, to to this time next year, to, you know, you, you, to having – the, the, the uh, been in office for a year. What what is it that you hope to see? What's the value that you're hoping that BDPA can bring in in uh, your region of the of the country to IT? Well, I hope to measure value by having the results showing that the membership has increased and that sponsorship across the region has increased, and that members feel they are getting value from their membership dues, which means uh, the branding of BDPA should be more. Uh, widely known, and uh, BDPA members should have that extra advantage when they are doing professional uh, work or networking, uh, the advantage of being a part of a nationwide membership that uh, supports information technology in their areas. So uh, the national strategy should be reflected in the Midwest region in a year, I'm hoping, by being able to see those areas having improved. That's excellent. So in, in membership and in sponsorship, uh, open communications, uh, networking amongst the chapters and, and from the chapters with the membership, that is that is all outstanding. Um, you, you indicated that you will be working with your new Midwest Regional 
um, director, can you let it let the audience know who that is and, and where? That would be uh, uh, Deanna Shields with Chicago Chapter. Uh, okay. Uh, the not the main Chicago Chapter, the South Southern Chicago Chapter. I can't oh, think of the name of it Central, right now. Central Illinois Chapter, I believe. Illinois, right? Yeah. And so that would be Deanna Shields, and she and I will be working together to get information out to the chapters as quickly as we can, uh, hopefully by January 1. You know, Barbara, there's an awful lot of members, not just in your region and in the Midwest region, but nationwide, that are either unemployed or underemployed. And I I say members. The reality is there's an awful lot of um, African Americans and others that are in the IT industry that are either unemployed or underemployed. And so they, they look at BDPA as a place for career development as a place to, to find career opportunities. Um, what Do you have any advice for those professionals, um, for the folks that are, might be listening on how they can prepare for the information technology jobs of the future? Well, I'd like to kind of uh, repeat a little bit of what uh, April was saying in, her, in the earlier broadcast, that uh, communication and networking is key, and I think that uh, people looking to prepare for IT in the future or professionals looking for work right now should should try to network as much as possible, of course, and to learn more than what is required in the classroom or their job description that they're uh, attempting to fulfill and keep abreast of changes in the industries and try to maintain a balance between work and life goals, which is also important. So I was thinking that uh, that the should key in on networking, <clears throat> which I'm doing, and also try to, uh, you know, visit your library, visit your online uh, blogs and uh, groups that can keep your uh, IT information current, visit with your chapters and bring other uh, professionals in to share their knowledge with the BDPA groups. That would be the advice I would have. Learning is definitely a lifelong it's a lifelong experience. It's not something that you can stop doing once you've graduated from from college or once you have that that um, first uh, IT certification. It is definitely a uh, should be a lifelong experience that that we are always uh, working to improve upon. And hopefully the BDPA chapters within the Midwest region are are helping. Um, members and supporters by providing those programs. When you when you said that you were, you know, excited about BDPA in, in the time that you've been with the organization, it was because of those those program sessions, those those seminars that BDPA would host on a, in many cities on a monthly basis, um, That's where correct. networking take place and where where educate where technical knowledge or, or professional development knowledge can be shared. So, um, hopefully, you know, as a Midwest regional. Um, Vice President, you'll be able to help ensure, as you said, that where there are not enough of those networking program meetings going on, we can help. We can help get them going and and um, share some of those best practices that that exist from one chapter to another. Exactly. That is outstanding. Any other thoughts on as you as you enter onto this this uh, this new endeavor of yours, this this uh, new leadership position as a regional. Uh, Vice President, any other thoughts that come to mind? Well, I believe that information technology for not just the region but for the entire country, there's just a whole new world of change, and I hope to uh, continue to see that BDPA assists and inspires our professionals and those aspiring to IT to continue to forge new paths for themselves and to, uh, to add to the future of this country. And... Uh, I think that's very important that we have that we're in a position to do so because IT affects so much. So I'm just hoping that uh, to look and see that BDPA continues to be a a resource for inspiration with respect to IT. That is that is outstanding. Um, you you represented uh, you didn't officially represent because I guess you officially will take office in January. But you had an opportunity to meet and talk with some of the chapter leaders um, this past uh, weekend when everybody was when all the leadership was in Las Vegas. You had a chance to talk with the other regional uh, vice presidents with the incoming national officers. 
um, coming out of that weekend as you were flying back home from the the uh, weekend in Las Vegas, what 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 struck you or what inspired you from that weekend as you as you really met with the um, these powerful leaders from the BDPA organization? Well, I feel that I felt a little overwhelmed because I realized that the position that I'm in is going to be one that's very challenging, and I'll have to uh, make sure to be on top of things and uh, that networking and communication with my my board and with my regional VP colleagues as well as with the chapter presidents in my region, that all that uh, kind of gels together and becomes cohesive and, and with respect to proceeding on to make sure that uh, we in, incorporate the national strategy at the corp, at the uh, chapter level, and and uh, still don't leave any chapters uh, out of the loop. So it's going to be uh, quite a challenge, is what I was thinking on the way home. Well, and and um, hopefully you will will reach out and, and and take advantage of all of the folks that are. Um, currently engaged in BDPA and all the folks like April Gillespie that we heard from earlier, like Tony Love that we will hear from after you, um, just really take advantage of the resources that are out there. And and I think for all leaders and volunteer organizations, it can be overwhelming um, if we think that we have to do it all by ourselves. And I think what I've heard from you is in wanting to keep communications open and wanting to balance work and life goals and, and network I think I hear from you that you are going to be a very, very open person and, and and asking for support wherever you may need the support. Yes, I hope to be that one. All right. Any in the remaining moment or so that we have left with you, um, Barbara, any any final thoughts that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, just uh, pay your membership dues and keep on becoming being. Uh, active with BDPA, and uh, you will help us with the strategy of keeping membership growing and try and share the information with others uh, and uh, let us know your concerns at the regional level. From If there are any chapter presidents listening, let, let me know your concerns. Uh, I'm available on the national website. That is outstanding. I, I love the uh, make sure you pay your membership dues. Uh, membership is definitely the lifeblood for any um, volunteer organization, and, and the, yeah, paying those membership dues is important, and you've already stated that it's up to the organization to provide value um, to those members as they do pay those dues. So this is wonderful. Thank you very, very much, Barbara. I hope that you've enjoyed the opportunity to speak with our audience on the BDK iRadio show, and we look forward to having you on as a guest um, often in the future. Thank you. Um, I do want to say that we're very happy um, in in the past uh, few weeks since we have met with you, since we had the radio show uh, back on October the 25th. We are very pleased that we were able to provide um, a $2,250 uh, grant disbursement to our southern Minnesota chapter. Um, that chapter in Rochester, Minnesota, will be using um, those funds to help offset the cost for their youth technology education programs. We were also very pleased to um, say yes to the BDPA Philadelphia chapter, who requested $3,900 um, in order to support uh, their upcoming uh, annual banquet, where they will be providing scholarships to some of their students and re recognizing some of their outstanding members, volunteers, and sponsors. Uh, we do want to work with any of the 45 local BDPA chapters that are needing funding in order to put on their programs in the coming weeks, months, and calendar year um, to reach out to us either by phone at 513, area code, 284-4968, um, or to reach out to us um, on our website, which is www.betf.org. Um, the other announcement that I would make is that we are, within the next week, going to be um, giving you all of the uh, information, the application, and the guidelines for a the second annual uh, ITology scholarship for BDPA students. 
ITology is a consortium of IT organizations uh, based in Columbia, South Carolina, and they are for the second year providing us with scholarship funds uh, that will support the um, the efforts of high school seniors, current high school seniors that will be going to college in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, or Florida. And so look for that information to come out in the next week. And the final thing I would say to you and to encourage all of the listeners of the BDPA iRadio show is to tune in on this coming Sunday where CNN is hosting another one of their um, Blacks in America series, and the focus for this one will be on technology. And there will be some conversations about how blacks are faring uh, at, at the K-12 through level when it comes to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, the STEM-related uh, learnings at K- through the kindergarten through 12th grade, and, and also how they are doing as entrepreneurs and some of that conversation about whether there are enough black entrepreneurs and business owners in the technology space um, in Silicon Valley and, and elsewhere. And so those will be the focus of of that show, uh, we we have a number of BDPA members, including our founder, have been engaged in some behind-the-scenes interviews with uh, personnel from uh, Turner Broadcasting and the CNN uh, network. And so we we obviously don't know what will make the air and what will be on the cutting room floor, but I do encourage you to listen in to that uh, when it broadcasts uh, uh, this coming weekend. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, we will go for a commercial and then come back with our final guest. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. All righty, and so now we are back, and if we have done this correctly, our third uh, guest on the show is Miss Tony Love, the president of our BDPA St. Louis chapter. Uh, Tony, are you online with us? Yes, I am. Well, that is outstanding. Um, Tony, for those that are in the audience who have not had the, the, the uh, pleasure and the honor of, of talking with her, she has been a BDPA member for over 20 years. Uh, she has been serving as our chapter president uh, in, in Missouri, in the, in the St. Louis area, since 2009. Under her leadership, the chapter has been very active with um, increased program meetings that occur on a regular basis. Uh, one of her featured program meetings is a chat with the CIO uh, that, that were, where members are able to talk with uh, chief information officer from major corporations in the area. They have some outstanding youth education programs, uh, banquets to honor their members and students, and uh, the team from St. Louis has been performing extremely well on a national level um, at recent national computer competition championships. And so with that, uh, Tony, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on BDPA iRadio. Why don't you uh, tell us what attracted you to BDPA and, and, and why do you stay so active over so many years? Well, Wayne, first I just want to say I'm so excited because in the course of this blog talk radio program, I just got my first follower on my Twitter account, so I'm excited about that. But I, I first to went to the, <laughs> I have one follower, I think. Well, now, uh, now that you've done that, you might, as well, you might as well tell the folks. What, tell them what your Twitter tag is so that others can join it with that first one. What's your Twitter tag that you that you want them to uh, reach out to you on? At T Love Blessed. That's T Love B L E S D. There you go. So go ahead. What's gotten you? What's gotten you attracted to BDK, and what keeps you involved, other than the occasional Twitter follower? <laughs> well, my first conference was in Washington D.C. in 1990, and I was very impressed with the professionalism of the members of the organization. I was a recent graduate and new in the information technology field, and just seeing the professional people, the African Americans that were in upper-level management in the IT field, um, just really impressed me. And that that's really what keeps me pretty much involved now is just the opportunity to network and engage 
with other professionals who are on the top of their game. Um, just the interaction uh, just inspires me to constantly uh, better myself and push myself to the next level. That is that is outstanding. And so that was your, your first conference experience, um, and I'm assuming that you've been to a number of conferences since then? Yes, many more, and every time I go, I'm more and more impressed. Uh, I just, to see students on the high school level, to see college students, to see entry-level IT professionals all the way up to CIOs all interact, um, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience, and it's it's just I encourage if anyone has not been to a national conference, I really encourage you to go because it will give you a boost to push yourself to the next level. And I understand that the 2012 National BDPA Conference uh, will be um, in Baltimore, Maryland. Yes, and I do plan to attend along with my high school computer competition team who will take first place in Baltimore. <laughs> the Wolf tickets are beginning to be sold already. <laughs> now, your, your, your team, unlike maybe a lot of others, your team actually has over the past few years has really um, begun to show tremendous um, improvement. I guess, what, what do you attribute that recent success uh, to, that they have finished up in the top four or five, um, uh, you know, won scholarships because of their performance at the National Champ HSCC or High School Computer Competition Championship? Um, what do you think, what do you attribute that, that uh, success to over the last few years? Well, we have developed a strategy of working with uh, Monsanto to train our students, and we've been able to have sites all over the St. Louis area that just gives us a greater pool of students, and we have attracted some very good students and and that are dedicated to uh, learning about IT, and we have some very good trainers out of Monsanto that are willing to work with our students as well as our site trainers that are giving up their time in the evening and on weekends to really work with the students and really uh, get them up to par uh, for the competition. Now, when will that, in, in your chapter, um, as a chapter that, is, that has seen success, when does that start? When do you actually, like, you're, you're planning on participating, you said you're planning on winning the 2012 National Championship. When will that actually begin, the training in St. Louis? We will officially start our training in January. Okay. And then you you will, um, how many folks, how many students are you hopeful to be able to work with on each Saturday? Well, generally we have about, at all the different sites, we'd have about 20 to 30 students to start out with. Then we have a regional competition, well, a St. Louis area competition, not a regional competition, a local area competition, and then we weed down to about 10 students. And at that point, we go into intensive training at the Monsanto location, and we weed further down to our five. So um, we have a good pool of students. And at the Monsanto location, Monsanto, um, for those that don't know, is one of the Fortune, I guess, Fortune 100 companies um uh, in the country, they're they're a very large uh, um, company, a very large firm. Um, they provide you with instructors, I, I understand, for the for the class um, from their IT professionals. And then, are they for, when you get down to that final training, they also provide you with access to a computer room? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Well, actually, we are blessed to have a partnership also with Microsoft. Um, one one of the one of our partner chapters, the Cincinnati, I mean the not Cincinnati, the uh, Central Illinois chapter, uh, under the leadership of Sandula, gave donated uh, laptops for us last year for our students, and Microsoft provided the software, and we just take our laptops into a conference room at Monsanto and our students train there every week once we get down to the intensive training. That is fantastic. Now, what would cause I mean, you know, a lot of chapters and uh, struggle sometimes with making those you know, relationships, those connections, as our first guests would call them, um, with corporations such as, as uh, Monsanto? What, what, what 
what's in it for Monsanto? Why is it that they've said that we're going to support the BDPA St. Louis chapter um, in such a manner with with our own employees getting involved with the organization, with our facilities, if, if that's what's necessary? What, what do you think is the, the um, you know, the, the selling point or the connection, the, the, the hot button for Monsanto in, your, in the case of your chapter? Well, as you know, Monsanto, as well as many corporations now, are very focused on community involvement, especially as it relates to diversity. So for Monsanto to be able to say that they are our main sponsor of our high school students and BDPA in particular, that gives them a big boost in their diversity uh, reach. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You have been a chapter president um, since 2009. I, I, I hear that you are going to uh, be the chapter president again in calendar year 2012. Is that That's correct? Well, that's still up up for grabs yet, Wayne. I'm trying to recruit someone to carry the torch, but if I don't, yes, I will be. <laughs> and and even if you um, are not, you would still be actively engaged as the immediate past president. What I'm wondering is, as you think about the things that have been successful, you talked about the youth program. You know, what are the things that you hope that your chapter um, does provide value for IT professionals or, or entrepreneurs? You know, for the adult uh, um, IT uh, person in the St. Louis area, how how are you hoping that your chapter can provide um, a value to that audience? Well, my goal for the St. Louis chapter, and you are right, whether I'm president or not, I've always been very active in the chapter in St. Louis, and particularly behind the scenes. I, I but so I will continue to be active. But what my goal is for the St. Louis chapter, especially the adult um, members, is for us to be the knowledge base for our chapter members. So when I'm on my job and I have a problem that I can't get solved, I can go to my BDPA chapter and post a question and get an answer because I've found that other minorities as well as majority members are able to do that and that and that makes them more valuable as a result of that networking that is outstanding that 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 willingness to share amongst the membership that you that we can um help others to be successful with the knowledge that that we have um now that's that's something that um people always talk about that but that's really hard to 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 do, it's really hard to, you know, make it happen or to, to. It's almost developing a culture of networking, a culture of sharing, and creating connections. That's what you're hoping to do. Um, are, have you seen any any ways that, um, any suggestions on how that will be implemented or how it will be, you know, something that will become part of the culture of BDPA in St. Louis? Well, I've seen it manifested to a degree on the national level, where there have been occasions where. I've had a question and I've posted something to the BDPA site or emailed someone that I met um, from BDPA and said, this is a problem I'm having. Have you ever had this problem? And I've been able to get uh, suggestions on how to handle that problem or how to solve that problem. So I'm hoping that we can develop that type of network here in St. Louis to a larger degree. That would that would be wonderful. I, I have seen April over the past year. I've watched you work with your employer to get support for things like a, a banquet that your chapter um, had uh, last year, and, and so it's it, and you've been able to attend a number of conferences. I'm wondering if you have any advice for BDPA, you know, members for the audience that's listening, if they want their employer to support them with BDPA. Do you have any any best practices or ideas or advice on on how they can make that happen? Yeah, for instance, you mentioned that we have our Meet the CIO event. I have this coming meeting will be my CIO as the guest speaker. So when you can uh, have programs and invite your CIO or your upper-level management to participate in those meetings, I think that brings exposure to BDPA and lets them know your involvement, and then they will then want to be a part of that organization as well. That is a good idea. And you never you never know if you don't ask. So if you don't 
if you don't make the request, um, you'll you'll never know. Now that the the idea of having a and did you call it meet the CIO? Is that is that the nomenclature that you use in St. Louis for that type of a meeting? Yes, we call it meet the CIO. Now that that's a wonderful idea because for a lot of BDPA members who might be individual contributors or might not ordinarily interact with C level uh, executives. That really is a tremendous opportunity for to meet that executive, you know, on, on an evening at a program session hosted by the BDPA chapter. Um, how has that worked out for your chapter? Have you had good feedback on that over the past um, few meetings, the few, the past few of those uh, meet the CIO sessions? Wayne, that has been one of our top member events. We get a lot of involvement when we have those meetings and we found that it was it, it has turned out to be really not only beneficial for our members but beneficial to the CIO that's a part of the meeting because they get to engage with our members on a more intimate level than they would uh in a lecture series or in any other type of environment so they are excited to meet with us. We sit down. It's usually just an intimate chat. We get to ask them questions. They get to ask us questions. And so there's a mutual feedback that we get to learn things as well as they get to learn more about us as a group and individually. And so later on, if someone may want to be employed for that CIO, they have that connection that they wouldn't normally have had had it not been for that meeting. That high-touch connection, as we learned earlier, huh? Right, exactly. That, that is wonderful. We're down to the um, the final part of the the show and the final part of our opportunity to to talk with you, Tony. I'm wondering if you if you had any any final thoughts that you'd want to share with the audience about uh, BDPA, about the industry, anything, any final thoughts you'd like to share. I really I really encourage everyone to become a part of BDPA if you're not already a member. I suggest that you join and think of ways that you as well as your organization can help the community. For example, exist uh for example, Crisis Commons uh is an organization that's set up to think of ways to help mobilize and become uh and and get uh, computer efficiency in times of crisis. I think that's a great opportunity for us as a BDPA organization to be a part of. So I think there's so many ways that we can impact our community and our youth um, being a part of BDPA, and we just need people to come in, join, and really get passionate about how we can touch lives. That is outstanding. Tony, it has been truly a pleasure to be able to speak with you tonight. I am sure that our audience, both those that are listening live and those that will be listening to this archive in the days and, and weeks ahead, have re really had the opportunity to, to um, get some great best practice ideas and some great uh, motivational thoughts from you as a leader in BDPA for the past 20 years and a chapter president for the past um, three years. It, it truly has been a pleasure, and we want to thank you, Tony, for being a part of BDPA iRadio show. Well, thank you. I've been honored to be a guest, Wayne, and of course you are one of those people who have helped to push me to the next level, and I thank you for including me this evening. Well, um, iRadio audience, uh, that is your show for this evening. Very, very appreciative of Fran McNeil for setting up the, the show. Uh, she was unfortunately not able to be not able to be with us um, this evening, but we are definitely looking forward to Fran being back with us on our next show on Tuesday, November 22nd. Um, I'm also very grateful to our guests, uh, Barbara Allen, uh, Tony Love, and April Gillespie. And behind the scenes, the folks that you did not see who have been outstanding in terms of working the board, as they say, and also uh, working the chat room, we're very, very appreciative of Michelle Ortman and Everaldo Gallimore for their outstanding uh, work behind the scenes and, and just making sure that this show ran as smoothly as it could possibly go. And so with that, uh, we will sign off with the final um, outro, I suppose, the final, the final uh, words of wisdom from uh, Fran and from the show, and hope that we will see all of you on the BDPA iRadio show 
uh, on Tuesday, November the 22nd. Thank you. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show is a regular exchange for BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.